Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, I'm, I'm Doris. I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> I'm happy to see you guys. I need to just change this because I need to see all of your faces. <laughs> Oh gosh, good morning. Uh, I'm Doris, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm grateful to be in OA, grateful to be abstinent during this really, kind of feels like an impossible time. Um, and uh, I was grateful to be asked to speak. I, um, I wanted to say no, because I feel, <laughs> I feel overwhelmed, but I'm not supposed to say no. That's <laughs> one of the things about all this. So um, here I am. Um, I have a busy day. I work uh, six days a week in my business and I am really grateful to have a food plan. Uh, three days, uh, I eat three meals a day and nothing in between. And that's kind of new since the pandemic started. Um, and, but I've been abstinent almost, I guess it's, I want to say more than 18 years. Um, so main things for me involve, um, eating behaviors. Like what I used to do is I would eat um, while I was shopping in the grocery store and I would eat um, while I was cooking and I would eat definitely between meals. But the big, the big thing for me was that I would eat after dinner. So I would sit down in front of the TV and I would just eat. And so there, there's been a really, there's a really clear demarcation in my mind of when I was able to make it from dinner to breakfast and I know that many people have other issues with food, and I do too, but that's the primary thing, is I don't eat after dinner. And, um, and again, this boundary, this kind of relates to the tradition, so I'll get to that. This boundary that I have about the fact that I'm a compulsive eater and that I need boundaries is really like crystal clear in my mind with the help of a sponsor and the steps and all of you, that I don't want to cross that line. It's not a fudgy thing. It's not you know, it, 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 it isn't for vanity's sake, it's for sanity's sake, you know, like I really need to have a boundary. So that means that I've listened to the sponsors, I've understood, I've listened to other people, and I've made certain decisions about how to take care of myself as a compulsive overeater. And that's, this is inside issues. Like, how I have a compulsion around food, and I need help. So I come to OA and I listen to what people say and I've come to certain, I've been able to grow and change my behavior because I have a spiritual program too, even though I'm agnostic. Um, that my, the spirituality of my daily life, when living one day at a time, has given me the willingness to change. So I've grown in my willingness to not eat snacks or you know, not eat specific foods. But those boundaries remain in place and so I feel... I feel abstinent, even though life is still complicated and it's a mess. I, I feel more sane around my food and my body. And that's not to say that I'm completely sane in every other part of my life. I mean, things feel crazy to me right now in the world and politically and everything else. Um, but I've really benefited from having boundaries that, that are honest and that help me understand that I, I have a compulsion and I need help. And the other issues that are outside are also important, but this is something I need to do for myself, irregardless of whatever else I'm doing. So thanks, OA. <laughs> 
Um, but I'm supposed to talk about the traditions. And so I just wanted to review, this is the, the AA 12 and 12, and I also have the OA 12 and 12. And I just thought I would start and tell you what, what I think is in, what is in here. So for those of you who are new, I, I don't know that we have any newcomers, but um, when OA started, we didn't have our own literature. And because we, we work this program as an addict, um, we're from the perspective of the, the addict. So the AA literature is about us. If you just switch the food, the word from alcohol, alcoholic to compulsive overeater, um, you can, you can find that it's a story. I've found that it's, these are stories about me and that the solution in the big book is about me, even though my life doesn't look exactly like the stories in the book. Um, my, the way that I felt about what happened to me and how food impacted my life is very, it runs parallel to what addicts felt. Um, or what, how, how the big book talks about what the solution is, I, I fundamentally believe that that solution can work for me if I'm willing to admit that I'm compulsive about food. And so that solution involves working the steps, being a sponsor, having a sponsor, and working the traditions, even though they're kind of dry. So I understand why people don't wanna study them, but they have meant a lot to me in my life outside of OA and my life um, in OA as well. So, Tradition eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. So I've been through this a number of times, and this time, this week, when asked to speak on it, I went through and highlighted some things that I thought were, were, were relevant to me now. Um, so the first part, it says, do, we do not decry professionalism in other fields, but we accept the sober fact that it does not work for us. So that's saying that if you, a professional weight loss clinic might work for some people. A professional might understand what a food plan should look like, but that- oh, That's fine. Okay, that what never worked for me was an organized diet. So that's just for me. I accept the sober fact that that did not work for us. So I have friends who say like, I'm gonna fast. I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm going to just eat blank. Okay, no, I'm not. Like, that doesn't work for me. What I need is this plan. And outside issues exist for other people, but I need, I need this. Um, so one of the reasons why that doesn't work is, is that the money motive compromises those plans and everything he says and does for his prospect. So, like, if I'm talking to somebody who's trying to sell me a plan, there's always a money motive. And no one here has a money motive. Nobody's making any money off of any of this. We're just here to get sober. I mean, you know, we're just here to get at and stay abstinent and to live a spiritual life. We're not here to convince anybody or sell anybody anything. And money is a complicated piece in all of our relationships with everyone in the world, but not here. And that adds to a kind of utopian environment that I think I haven't found anywhere else in my life where we can just be here for each other in this way that's about this understanding that we need this and that money's not a piece of it. Um, they, the language in the AA literature is one of my favorite things. It says, How, at last, however, a plain line of cleavage could be seen between professionalism and non-professionalism. Again, the use of words is perfect, I think, cleavage. So there's professionals out there that may know something that we need. And we are not professionals. We, we are individuals who seek to help ourselves and help each other. And that we found that nothing ensures our, 
our um, abstinence and our uh, recovery as much as helping others. And that's, we need it and it helps others. It isn't about being good or, or, or making any money. Um, so we're non-professionals and for some reason we're enough. I mean, there's the other thing here is that I come to o uh, OA with a lot of outside issues, meaning that I grew up in an alcoholic home. I, I'm chronically codependent with my spouse and other people. I have boundary problems. I have all kinds of real problems. And what I've found is that, I mean, compulsive overeating is a real problem too, but I have these other issues. And what OA has taught me is, is that there's help for me. You know, I can read books about psychology. I can understand what codependence is. I can learn about other ways of thinking that can fit in to this. There's many things that kind of dovetail with recovery that have helped me set healthy boundaries. And again, that's what this is. It says our service centers may employ special workers, but we are going to remain non-professional. That's saying I'm going to remain myself and do what I need to do and always going to be here for me. And I can employ, I can get help from outside services, outside help if I need it. And, and that I think that that's important. A lot of the writing on this tradition in these, in the 12, these 12 and 12s talks about the early um, part of the, the development of these fellowships and problems that they had when they were looking for volunteers to take care of things and they needed to hire an office manager or, you know, somebody to design something. And they didn't think they should hire anybody. They thought that it should all come from volunteers. You know, that, and I, I, I think that's a beautiful hope, but there are a lot of things that need, that need people who know how to do them to do them. Like, otherwise you have to reinvent the wheel every time. And by, by having this tradition, which allows us to hire people if needed to do specific things that don't have to be OA members, they just have to have a special skill, that allows us to function. And one of the things that um, means a lot to me about OA is that it functions. You know, it continues to function. This isn't just a voluntary organization where I care about you and you care about me and we listen to each other's problems. Like that, that's not what this is. This is also, it's that, and it's also an organization that has conferences and has meetings and can adapt with things like a Zoom meeting and, you know, and, and even create these, these record, recordings. So you can go on now to the OA podcast and listen to speakers. I mean, it's wonderful. And volunteers made that happen, but they also incorporated other technology that was available to help us through this difficult time. So we don't have to be webmasters or have designed Zoom or, you know, any of that. We just have to go forward one individual at a time doing the best we can using these outside resources as they fit and things get taken, taken out if they don't fit. And that's, again, the history. If you want to read more about it, there it is in the, oh, in the AA 12 and 12. Um, so... Another question, another here is like, who's a professional at doing 12-step work? That's another five. Five so, minutes left? No, you have 10 minutes, 10 minutes left. Sorry. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, so our job, the job that we're going to, we would, sorry, our job is one thing, and the jobs that we would hire people to do for us would be something else. Like, for example, back to Zoom, if we want to use Zoom 
and we want it, you know, it, it costs money to have an account to do these things for more than an hour. So somebody pays for it. Hopefully we're not trying to get away with anything. We pay our fees, like we do our rent in the church. And then we, um, we can use it, but our job, you know, the job that we're hiring Zoom to do is not 12 step work. The 12 step work we do within the meeting, we use it because it's there and it's helpful, but it, it doesn't, it isn't the work that we're doing as sponsors and secretaries and group reps and setting, you know, we used to set up chairs, but um, maybe we will one day. I miss sitting up, setting up chairs and being in the room with you guys. Um, anyway, let me, let me go on. Um, Uh, let's see. <clears throat> this is the other thing is, is that one, uh, I, I run a business of about 20 people and, and in it, I would rather everything be collective and everything be volunteer. And that's not how you run a business. I'm just going to tell you that's crazy making. Um, but that's how I try to do it. And it's insane, but that's what I try to do. Um, So volunteer committee, committee men and assistants could be of great help, but they could not be expected to carry this load day in and day out. So this is about expectations of volunteers. So if we let people just volunteer for what they want to do, instead of agreeing to come to a meeting or be the secretary, we would just have chaos. And, you know, I, as somebody who loves drama, chaos is exciting, but it isn't the same as doing step work. So we need some kind of agreement about you know there's this expression come to terms like when you're arguing or just conversating have a conversation with somebody we need to come to terms which means we need to mean the words i say need to mean something specific to you so we can agree on the terms and when somebody volunteers to be a secretary and they take on that service commitment we're coming to terms and we can rely on that we can't then expect that person to do everything we hope that they have healthy enough boundaries to say, I can't do any more. This is as much as I can do. And I see a lot of evidence of that level of emotional health in, in our fellowship, where people are able to do what they said they could do, but then they let other people step in and do other things. And that's, that's one of the beauties of a volunteer situation. But other things need to happen too. And if we, if we just allow volunteers, this is a, another nice section here. Perhaps the fear will always lurk in every OA heart that one day our name will be exploited by somebody for real cash. Even the suggestion of such a thing never fails to whip up a hurricane. And we have discovered that hurricanes have a way of mauling with equal severity both the just and the unjust. They're always unreasonable. So this idea that a hurricane is always unreasonable. That's, again, this, this tradition and, and the traditions, which offer us a level of sanity and how to function in a very complicated world, I feel like they're, they're trying to protect us. They're trying to set a boundary. They're saying this fellowship is important enough that we're going to have certain ideas. And if we don't have these agreements and we haven't come to terms on certain things, as minimum as possible, um, we're going to be in a hurricane. And it's always going to be unreasonable. And that could be the end of our fellowship. If everything was volunteer and we just chaos and you got to do whatever you wanted. And, you know, I mean, mostly we're free to do whatever we wanted and we're here by agreement, but we don't just randomly um, um, do anything. We do what we we've collectively agreed is good for the fellowship. 
So again, this idea that um, there are special workers out there, there's people that have skills, and one of the ways that we keep the hurricane at bay is we bring those people in. So like imagine a situation where there's a pandemic and we're all stuck at home and there's no phone, there's no phone lines, there's no Zoom meeting. Where would we be today? Months and months, this is like month six of this mayhem. Where would we be if we didn't have this outside resource, we hadn't employed the special workers at Zoom to make this work for us? Um, I hate it, but I also appreciate it because I need it. And I hate it because I know how great it is to see your beautiful faces. That's what I really like. But this is what I can, I can live with this. And so that's important too. Um, Five minutes left, Doris. Okay. So, um, so uh, another, another aspect of this tradition is this question of anonymity. So as we, as we do our 12-step work, in the program, we're protected by anonymity, which is a spiritual aspect of our program, so that we may be helping somebody and they may need more help than we can offer. And one of the reasons why we don't get into that, for example, we don't become their therapist or even help them move probably, is because our anonymity needs to be protected because that's the spiritual, one of the spiritual programs, I mean, spiritual principles that's so important about recovery. I mean, it's Overeaters Anonymous. So we have to find that line where we can help, but we don't, we don't get involved in other people's lives in that way, that it in any way hurts our anonymity. Um, so, um, and again, we as individuals have no right to discourage anyone from doing anything they want to do. I, I think recovery has taught me that although I have a lot of really good opinions, my advice is not welcome and that no one needs my advice. Um, advice is criticism and people are actually free and I can only you know I can only just listen and have an open heart and that and share what I've learned about recovery not what I think people should do um, so it says no right to we see that we have no right or need to discourage others who wish to work as individuals in wider fields so if you want we have no right to discourage anyone to do anything but we also have no right to say to somebody okay so you're in OA and you want to go ahead and work in a diet program or for Weight Watchers or some other program. They're free to do whatever they want. Everyone's free actually. And recovery has been a big challenge for me, which is that it turns out everybody's free. I'm free and you're free. And the people I love who I think I manage, they're free too. And trying to get excited about other people's freedom is really hard, but it's really important. And so I have no right to discourage others from anything that they want to do because I don't really know what people should do. And again, another principle of this is about humility. Like it's saying there are limits to what I know and what we know. And we're just here together. Just, we're not professionals. We're just trying to work this out and it's complicated. Um, so, uh, so, and then it says true. Some of the projects to which, we've been attached have been ill-conceived but that makes no slightest difference to the principle involved so that's saying that we may we, we may start a meeting uh we may hire the wrong person we may lose money we may have a conference that doesn't happen we may do all kinds of things um and it may not go well um but the principle is the same we're free we need to protect our anonymity 
we can show our faith in recovery by, by maintaining these traditions. Um, the facts of situations speak for themselves. We don't need to dominate. Um, and, and in terms of my recovery overall, this is, a, this is a tradition about boundaries, which when, you, when I first came into recovery, I did not want to hear this word boundary. I didn't understand that. I really felt like what love is this. We're going to just do everything the same and we're all going to agree. I've had to learn that that's not true, that I am over here. I exist in my body. I have a body. <laughs> that's another part of OA recovery. I have an actual body on earth. I don't just live in my head. And that if I, if I can maintain healthy boundaries around my food and healthy boundaries around others, then I have a chance for serenity. If I don't have healthy boundaries, I have zero chance for serenity. And serenity is what I need to live one day at a time. Um, and then I think I'm just about out of time. Is that right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about I want to talk about easy does it because I feel like that's the, that's the slogan here. That's the, like, you know, you do what you can get help if you need it, but one day at a time, easy does it works. And that I need that. I need that slogan in my head today. So I just wanted to talk about that. I wanted to find out from you how easy does it is working in your life. Um, and for those of you who are new, um, I was just reading from the AA 12 and 12, but there's also the OA 12 and 12, which has a lot of really great stuff in it. And um, also just to know that the slogans are in the back of our daily readers. There's a list of slogans and there's many of them, one day at a time, and easy does it is one of them. And it's just a little short idea about, about how to live with, and how to be, anyway, I, I actually love recovery and I've needed it my whole life, and I'm really grateful to be here. And if, if you're new and you didn't hear, or anyway, if you didn't hear anything useful from me, please uh, keep coming back. Uh, OA is, is wonderful, and recovery has meant a lot to me. So thank you.